Hi there, and welcome to the Grief and Rebirth podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Barnhart, along with author and trauma survivor, Irene Weinberg. We're here to encourage you wherever you are on your healing journey. In each episode, we will chat with incredible grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and celebs, as well as remarkable people who have inspiring healing stories to share. If you're looking for a podcast that's both uplifting and inspiring, you found us. Let us help you find your joy in life. All right, and welcome to yet another fantastic episode of Grief and Rebirth. Um, I'm Stephanie, and I have my lovely, lovely co-host, Irene. I'm joking with that. Hi, Irene. <laughs> I hate her to say that, everybody. Hi, everyone. This is so cool. Uh, I am learning along with all of you, and we are just, we've had fantastic people on our yeah. podcast. Really, really interesting. And we are going to have another absolutely wonderful healer today. Her name is Judy Becker, and wow, is she interesting with what she does. We're going to learn a lot. We are going to learn a lot. Well, we've already learned something because this is, to be honest, take two. We've already had a little difficulties with technology today, but I'm blaming that on energy um, that's happening around us, and a lot has been going on with me, which... um you know, uh, maybe we'll kind of open up and get into another podcast, Irene, but um, as many of you know, my father actually passed away a couple of weeks ago, so I've been kind of jumping into this whole spirituality thing headfirst lately, and a lot's been happening, so it was just ironic that Judy was on the phone. Actually, it's not ironic, right? There are no coincidences. Right. So um, anyways, I'll let her kind of dig in a little bit more as to what she does, um, but that's a little sneak peek as to... Uh, why energy is actually really more more prevalent around us than a lot of us are thinking. So, um, Judy, are you there with us? I am. Thank you. Hi. Thanks for Hi. thanks for joining us today. My pleasure, Irene. Since I mean, you and Judy go back a little bit. Why don't you? Yes. I'll let you do her little lovely intro here. Okay. Well, Judy does energy healing, and she uses different modalities that I think we all want to learn about. She does energy healing through sound healing. I'd like to know, I'm sure all of you would love to know how to sound healing release trauma. She has a conscious living workshop, which is very in tune with my book that talks about the con- living consciously in your everyday life. And she has an amazing story of how she got into this work. Um, and um, she also does something called spiritual response therapy, which I honestly have never heard of. So I can't wait to learn about that. So why don't we just turn this over to you yeah. and Judy start going and we're intrigued and we'll ask questions as we go. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for having me on the show. Um, I, I wanted to start out just by telling everybody how I got into this work. Um, and it does very much relate to what Irene has been dealing with and Stephanie now. Um, when I was a child, probably starting around age seven, I started having a lot of loss in my life. So over that period between the age of seven or eight until I was about 20, I lost 11 immediate relatives in my life. Oh my God. Yeah. And it was brutal going through that. And, you know, I was always a child who was curious. So I started asking those bigger questions, like what happens after we die and what's the purpose of life or death and what, what is this? What's, what's happening? And 
at that time, I think I was about 15, one of my teachers in school suggested that I read a book called Life After Life. With It was written by Raymond Moody. And oh, we've talked about Raymond Moody. Yeah, we know him. Yeah, he's yeah. a very, very, very famous. He specializes in past lives, doesn't he, Judy? No, he specializes in reincarnation experiences. Mm-hmm. You're definitely oh, okay. He doesn't ever really discuss past lives, but he's a, a physician and a scientist, so he focuses on the scientific part of what happens to the system after death. And he interviewed many people who came back to life or resuscitated, and they all shared similar stories. So that got me thinking, well, then there is something after life. There has to be more. And I started going to see mediums and was so comforted in knowing that my loved ones were around me. And that felt awesome. And what I found, though, is that even though I knew my loved ones were around me, I still wasn't at peace inside because I had bigger questions. You know, I wanted to find out why we face these challenges and what was the purpose in life. And so I really started reading a lot of books and studying meditation and alternative healing and spirituality. And that's kind of how I got started on this path. That's amazing. And that was very courageous of you. Did you have support for that from your family at all? Or did they not know what you were doing? No, I did not have any support from my family, actually, because a lot of them had passed. And the other ones were so mired in their suffering that it was I was more of an independent person and, and searched on my own. That was very prescient of you because to know that as a child and you want to step away because, honestly, I think the whole purpose of this or one of the main primary purposes of this podcast is to inform people that they do not have to be mired in their suffering. They do not Mm -hmm. have to carry that around with them. Right, right. And, you know, I think when I take look at it from a distance and say, well, what made me do that at age 15, just be so independent and be such a searcher? Well, I do feel that that is one of the main purposes of my soul in this lifetime is to delve deeper and look and search for answers and explanations so that then I can share that with my clients. And again, it's not coincidental. You know, I I think I went through all of that loss as a child so that I gained perspective in order for me to create a healing practice and to help others gain perspective. Mm How did your healing practice evolve? I mean, because you do so many different modalities, did you learn one by one or how how did that, how did you keep adding these things into your repertoire? Yes, I did. I learned, you know, I've always been in the healing uh, profession. I was an occupational therapist before I did energy healing. And prior to being an an occupational therapist, I was a teacher, a nursery school teacher. So I'd always been Uh, leaning toward healing practices and the different modalities I use now yes I learned them one by one and just kind of have built on and then I would say they've kind of morphed into my own approach so I do utilize the specifics of other approaches but I also have morphed them Hmm. can you talk about them and how how these how you approach these modalities through with your style with what you do sure and explain um, to everyone in our audience some of whom have never heard of what is energy healing what is what is all of this 
you know, so that they can, it may be useful for them too. So good point. They can good learn. Point. So I always tell people energy healing is about learning how to become your best self and becoming your best self. Um, we are made of energy as is everything on the planet and energy carries a vibration to it. And we are electromagnetic beings. We have this electromagnetic field around us, which is our aura. Everybody is pretty familiar with that term. And we have our energy system within the body as well, the chakra system, which are energy centers located throughout the body. We have meridians. More people are familiar with acupuncture, which is also to me a type of energy healing in that the acupuncturist is putting needles into the different meridians in the body to help open up the energy channels. And being that the chakra system is also a form of energy channels, that is my focus. When I'm doing my work is partially on the chakra system as well. Hmm. Um, the, yes. And so uh, like it, so for people to understand the energy in a chakra, and I've seen this, I've seen people hold pendulums over a chakra and sometimes they're not the chakra. The, the pendulum is not spinning the correct way. It means that there's a problem or blockage in that energy center that needs healing. Is that, is that correct? Yes, that can happen. And, you know, energy, well, let's say the balancing of the chakras and energy healing is ideally almost an everyday practice. Not that you have to go to an energy healer every day, but when people come in for a clearing, I'll do a session for them, but then I always give them some homework to do, which could be to read a book on positive thinking. It could be to focus on a particular chakra and meditate on that and um, or do some yoga poses that also help to open and balance the chakras. So it's important to make the mind-body connection as well because our thoughts and our state of consciousness very um, strongly impact the state of our chakras. So for example, if we're in fear, say there's a natural disaster that happens, which of course is happening now so um, frequently, and we're going to a state of fear, our first chakra will most likely be out of balance. Our first chakra, which is located at the base of the spine, is the chakra that allows us to feel safe, to feel grounded, to feel very present in the moment. And when something shakes us or rocks our world, we our first chakra will go out of balance. And a natural disaster is an extreme uh, happening, but even if we're running late to something, that a meeting that we need to go to, or we're fearing losing our job, our first chakra will go out, out of balance. So that's and so you would bring example. that back. Someone would come to you and, and you would pick that up right away and you would bring that chakra back into balance so that they could complete, go on with their healing. Yes, so energetically I can help balance the chakra and then, like I said, I give them some things to do that help with their thoughts to help them be more present and at ease with their lives and with their situation, even though it may not be something that they wanted to have happened. So it definitely, the, the work is more effective when the person engages their conscious mind. Because a lot of these blocks in the chakras and throughout the, the system 
a lot of those come from core belief systems that we hold and those belief systems get formed when we're children and when we our brains aren't fully formed and when we have a certain level of understanding and um, so a lot of those belief patterns happen then and we take a lot of our beliefs in from our parents um, from our peers from our teachers and those help to form who we think we are it's not necessarily who we truly are at our core but we take on those energies and beliefs from other people and I also do believe that we take on those energies and beliefs from past life patterns that have that we haven't resolved so that adds a whole other dimension now do you help people release past life patterns also yes I do so the one technique that you had mentioned at the beginning spiritual response therapy is a system that is designed to specifically identify patterns thought patterns energetic patterns that we're functioning from as a result of programming in this lifetime and programming in past lifetimes that hasn't been resolved so a lot of times um, if we have not resolved energies in past lives our soul will bring those emotions into this life the emotional patterns and play them out so that our soul can grow so the the way I look at the soul is that our soul comes into our physical body and the purpose of the soul is to learn and grow and evolve always evolving to a place that is our highest potential and our highest potential is when we come from our heart so anything that's not coming from our heart is what we want to come to terms with what we want to release ideally um, and and just to take it a step further our souls come into this life with certain tendencies or certain emotional patterns that it wants to learn about for example if your soul came in this lifetime and said you know I really want to understand what abandonment feels like then your soul would choose parents when the soul is in spirit form and those other souls would come in with that soul so you'd have the parents and the child and most likely that child would feel abandoned by those parents now on the physical level you might say this feels horrible why would I choose to be abandoned by my parents well on a soul level it's because the soul wants to learn and grow and the way in which we grow is primarily through challenges you know, Could it also be a karmic thing like if, if someone has abandoned someone in a past life that they may become abandoned to experience that in this life yes yes so the more the soul experiences all of the large realm of emotions whether we deem them positive or negative then the more perspective that soul has and the more ability that soul has to understand oh, okay this is how it feels and grow through that what happens oftentimes is that people will get stuck in the pattern and kind of look at the world through potentially those eyes of abandonment which feels horrible and then they won't have successful relationships so during an energy healing session if we pinpoint that that person's soul came in to learn abandonment 
and it was to learn it but not get stuck in it, then the energy, the structure of abandonment is what's cleared during an energy healing session. And then the, the person has the awareness that, okay, that was an old pattern. I need to move out of that. Well, you know, it's interesting. Oh, I'm sorry, Judy, go ahead. No, that's okay. Go ahead. It's interesting to me because uh, one of the things I learned when I lost my husband, which led to my book and all, was that I was taught that grief exacerbates whatever your issues are. So if you have abandonment issues, maybe where your family abandoned you or whatever, and now you lose the love of your life or God forbid you lose a child or whatever, it, it, it takes that abandonment issue and it skyrockets it. So grief can sometimes be a portal to healing those issues because if someone is traumatized, they go to someone like you and now it brought that issue to the forefront to be addressed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Any, any trauma um, that, and that's, uh, I'll go back to that, but any trauma that we experience that encourages us to go to a therapist or an energy healer or medium is really, I look at an opportunity for growth. So anytime we're in a really difficult position in our lives, whether it is through loss or whether it is through depression or anxiety, I always look at that and say, you know what, this is, this is the time that our soul has the hugest opportunity to grow and learn and heal. And I, I, I know that happens that to that me. Helps. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it helps when you can have that perspective. And then when you're in it and you're in a funk and it doesn't feel good, you can say, you know what, there's learning in here. What's my learning? So then we're not helpless. We, we realize there's something, there's a purpose in it. It's not, as you said before, Stephanie, not a coincidence. Things happen mm-hmm. for a reason. It kind and of I, takes I you totally away from being that. a victim to it. <laughs> you know, you're not looking at it as a victim anymore. Now you're looking at it as a learning opportunity. It changes the whole it does. Um, yeah. point of it. Yeah. I think that's like the hard part is getting people to get over that hump is to like understand like that, you know what I mean? Especially today, you know, you're just depressed and, you know, so many things are just so hard in the world on top of our own personal issues and lives is like people don't realize that there's other ways to actually release a lot of this and take it away from themselves. Like they just think they have Mm -hmm. to deal with it or, you know what I mean? Like I'm not saying like you can't take a, you know, a pill for depression, but there's other options like and you can try to be a little bit more positive I mean like even myself I mean you know I'm an angry neurotic New Yorker I mean <laughs> like we're, we're notorious for being mean and mad and you know what I mean like as you know like I was kind of talking to you guys offline as soon as I you know try to be a little bit more positive and be especially more self-loving and say you know let let it go let it just know that it's going to get done and not worry about how it will get done and just tell that to myself and like make those aspirations like things actually do become more positive in your life like it, it is easy to manifest your life to be happier you just really have to want it and I feel like that is that's the big hump you know I mean Irene it took you how long even though you were grief I mean and then you find your way into like this whole new realm of you know self-love I guess but you know I guess that's the hardest thing, right? Is just well, when knowing they when to find the that car, time. When, when they pulled me out of the car and I got that message to be loving and kind to everyone, that also meant to me too. 
So I be, I started to invest in releasing my bag of suffering, and that's why this is these conversations are so important because I don't through people like Judy, you don't have to carry that with you always. You know, Judy, I wanted to ask you, what is sound healing? Because I don't know mm-hmm. that much mm-hmm. about that. And that sounds fabulous. Do they, is it through instruments or through, um, how does that um, well, work? There are many forms of sound healing. Um, one form, I believe, is through chanting. And um, that you can do on your own any time you want. A lot of people who chant, chant in Sanskrit, which was the first spoken language. And so you're tapping into a vibration that's very ancient that has been used for thousands of years. And when you chant, if you recall, we were talking a little bit before about how we're, we're energy and everything carries a vibration to it. And when you're chanting these sacred words, which many current religions also use chanting in their prayers, you're aligning every cell in your body with the meaning of the chant. So even chanting the word Om. I would say like even with yoga and stuff, yeah, we do that. Yeah, so Om doesn't have an exact um, translation, but what Om signifies is connection. It's the vibration of the universe. So it's a connection type of energy. So when you chant Om, you're chanting with the intention and of connecting um, and with the universe. So when and how do people chant, find these? How, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. That's okay. I'll go into that. Um, how do people so, get into the chance? Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot like Stephanie said with yoga, they're taught in yoga classes. There's mm-hmm. also... Um, something called kirtan which is the practice of chanting as devotional chanting and that you can of course google you can google everything on youtube or google um you can just put in sacred chants and and things will come up for you to chant you can kind of pick what feels right to you so in line with that you can also use instruments and when i use sound healing i use crystal bowls so they're made of quartz crystal that grows in the earth and there the quartz is put into a centrifuge machine and formed into these large bowls and each of the bowls I have are toned to each of the different chakras so each of the chakras has a particular sound a particular color associated with it and when I play the crystal bowls the vibration of the bowls get sent out into the room and your body absorbs them and the vibrations help to open each of the chakras and clean them and rebalance them and it works through we're as i said we're electromagnetic beings so the sound vibrations move into our own vibrations and help to adjust the chakras and i've had people during a crystal bowl healing have past life memories. I've had people have emotional responses because the bowls, without you having to do anything, do their work. They work to balance the chakras and you can even be asleep during a crystal bowl meditation and that you'll still get the uh, healing effects of the bowls. Now, do you have to actually, like you said, you're in the room so you kind of physically absorb it, but since it's sound, um, is there a way you can like record that or people could play it over like a, a recording and do it without being in the room and still feel those benefits or yes. no? 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. You still can. Mm-hmm. And there are um, meditation apps. There's there are um, recorded crystal bowl healing uh, meditations on YouTube. I don't have any of mine there, but um, you can definitely access them. Of course, in person, it's going to be that much more powerful. And we're going to get your contact information and include it at the end of the podcast because uh, it'll be a valuable tool for people to call you and to, you know, to see you if they desire this kind of healing experience. Is there a particular story you'd like to share with us about someone or a few people who have had dramatic healings through what you do? Um, Sure. Um, One person that comes to mind is a woman who came here and she was dealing with so much anger when she was at her job with her boss. Um, she liked and enjoyed her tasks and her daily work was great, but dealing with her boss was just creating a, a lot of anger for her. And during the session that she was here, it was revealed that she and her boss had lived a past lifetime together and they were still holding those unresolved angers. I mean, the energies of anger and resentment and they were holding that toward each other. So during the the session that past life energy was cleared and i also spoke to the client about changing her perspective and and uh allowing her to be a little more accepting of other people's patterns and letting go of expectations a bit so the combination of Again, the energy healing work of releasing that past life and the energies of anger and resentment, along with reframing her thoughts, really enabled her to be so much happier at work. She, The next time I had seen her, she said things had dramatically turned around and she was even, she developed a friendship with her boss and uh, wow. she was so much happier at work. Tell me your tip for people to have joy in life, Judy. To have joy. Um, I think my tip would be to realize that we have a choice and that we can make the choice to create joy or we can make the choice to create stress and anxiety. And I think we lose that awareness a lot and we we kind of become life doing us instead of us doing life. So it's really about making the choice to be joyful and my rule that I always reiterate here is that it's so important to never think, do, or say anything negative towards yourself um, because that really decreases our ability toward joy. So there's a lot of freedom that comes when you start loving yourself more and and speaking highly of yourself. So that and that, that's not, not a narcissistic thing. That's a that's a not at all a narcissistic thing. Yeah, exactly. Because a lot More of self love, yeah. So selfish, and I call it self full. You know, it's being full and allowing you, making the choice to be full. And in line with that, I'm wondering if I can read one quote that really, to me, sums up so much of the work. Yeah. Okay, so this was a quote from Martha Gra- Martha Graham. She was a choreographer and dancer, and she says, "There is a vitality." a life force, a quickening that is translated through you into action. And because there's only one of you in all time, this expression is unique 
And if you block it, it will never exist through any other medium. It will be lost. The world will not have it. It is not your business to determine how good it is, nor how valuable it is, nor how it compares with other expressions. It is your business to keep it yours clearly and directly to keep the channel open. That's wonderful. Wow. What a wonderful way for us to conclude this podcast. That's wonderful. Yeah. Thank well, you. Yeah, that's powerful. Uh, Gives you really a lot to think about, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and just to be more you know, self-loving and positive, which I feel like we can all, you know, definitely use more. You can, I don't think you can ever have too much positivity in your life. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> Judy, this is great, and I want to, can you tell everyone how to get a hold of you, and I could really see us having you back. There's so many more questions uh, that we'd want to ask, and maybe some point one day we'll even open up a podcast to people's questions and all. Awesome, um, awesome. Yeah, well, the best way to get in touch with me is probably by email. It's judybecker2 at gmail.com. Or I also have a website, which um, they can find. It's www.judybecker.abmt.com. So those would be the ways to reach me. Okay. And we'll also put those up on our the website here too. We'll have the show notes with this podcast and all that info on how they can reach you too. And you know, if anybody has questions, they can reach out to us and we'll connect you as well. And any comments or you know questions, because I feel like the the thing I'm most curious about is just learning about these these bowls. I would love to come in and try that and just feel that vibration myself. So awesome. I'd like to see. Um, when you know when when do you have those classes? Like, is it like once a month or anything? And you're in New Jersey, yes, I do, right? I'm in New Jersey. I run the crystal bowl meditation once a month on a Sunday evening. I also okay. run weekly meditation classes. Yeah, she's cool. in Montclair. She's and Judy's in Montclair. Oh, I yes. know that that New Jersey uh, train station very well. So I know it's very <laughs> easy to get to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's good yeah. to know. Well, you know, I like I said, I always hate to cut these off because they're always so just informative and I feel like we always have, you know, really great information, but, you know, we obviously have to wrap it up until next time, but um, I hope to speak again soon, Judy. We're very Thank grateful. You. Thank, Thank you, you Judy. My pleasure. Take good care. All right. As I next like to time. say, to be continued. Yes, to be continued. <laughs> 